Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. It's nothing but the grace of God in my life. We are what we are by the grace of God. I would add to that, not to add to Scripture, but we have what we have by the grace of God. We rest in what we rest in by the grace of God. Everything that comes in our life is what it is because God's been awfully good to us. I praise the Lord for that. How could I... Dare to claim as mine the victories God has won. I hadn't done anything to give myself any victories in life, any spiritual blessings at all. But he has sure been good to this old boy. And I bless his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Some of the greatest blessings that I have in life are in this room. I have a Bible in front of me. I have my family scattered throughout the room. I have the most precious people on this earth to my heart in front of me to give me the opportunity to do what God's called me to do. Hallelujah. We're a blessed people. Amen. Take your Bibles with me this morning, please. If I can try to calm down and get in a preaching gear. Luke chapter number one this morning. Don't have to forgive me for being full for just a moment. Amen. Enjoy it, brother. Hallelujah. I've given God every reason not to bless me, and He still chooses to. Bless His name. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter number 1. When you find your place in verse 26, we'll stand together. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 26. The Bible says, and in the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Isn't it amazing? We're talking about the blessings of God, and this is our text. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. 
Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this was a sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Right. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my soul hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imaginations of their heart. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty or empty away. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of God. You may be seated. Let's pray together and ask the Lord's blessing on the message today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, as thankfully and humbly as we know how. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is to be able to be in church, to be able to sing these songs that we've sung, to be able to, as I've had the opportunity to do, to preach the word of God today in Sunday school already. Lord, to be able to open up the Bible one more time and be able to preach again, Lord, is such a blessing, Lord, that I don't deserve from you, but God, I'm so thankful for it. Lord, I thank you, God, for each of these people that have gathered here today. Lord, I pray that somehow, some way, you'd help me to be a blessing to them and speak to their lives, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd help me, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth, to bring the word of God in a way, Lord, that is easy to understand and, Lord, is powerful. Lord, I pray that the Holy Ghost would make it powerful. Lord, would arrest the attention of each person here. And Lord, I pray that you would cause them to understand that which you put on my heart for the service today. Please, Lord, help me to rightly divide the word of truth, to say everything that you'd have to be said. Lord, I just pray, dear God, as I often do prior to preaching, you would forgive me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, use me for your glory, help me to say what you'd have to be said and nothing else. Use me as a vessel that you can use to speak to this congregation of people. May the lost be saved. May the backslid get right. May the people of God find what they need at your hand. And Father, we'll thank you, Lord, for what you do. In the name that's above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 
one of the things that I've done over the years as a pastor, and really even before I was a pastor in the sense of uh, pastoring a church such as this one, or even my first church that I pastored in, in Maryland, uh, even when I was at the nursing home, I always tried to, on special days, bring a message that uh, somehow would, you know, unless the Lord just leads otherwise, I've always tried to bring a message, if the Lord will let me, that kind of goes along with the theme that we are, uh, that is at the forefront of all of our minds today being Mother's Day, Christmas time, Christmas and things of that nature. And one of the reasons why I try to do that, and I know, I know a lot of guys that are 100% against doing that, um, but one of the reasons why I'm not against doing that is I believe uh, that some of these days that we have give us an opportunity that we may not have otherwise. It gives us the, the ear of people that we may not always get to have the ear of. And, uh, and so I want to utilize what God gives us to the best of our ability. And uh, to be honest with you, as a, as a pastor and obviously as being a man, of course, because that's God's way according to the Bible, amen, uh, for this position that I hold, uh, there are just there are just sometimes that God will give me an opportunity uh, to speak to our ladies to in, in, a, in a in a special direct way uh, on Mother's Day that I may not get any other time of the year, and uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not interested in in hurting anybody. I'm not interested in trying to to be uh, you know usually usually what I do is I chew the fathers out on Father's Day as every year, and I'm cotton candy to the mamas every year we come in, and that's just the way that it is. Is. Amen. And so for fathers, enjoy your Father's Day. I'm sure it'll be a bridge burner just like it usually is. Amen. Uh, but I want to use this time to convey something I believe the Lord's put on my heart. And as I begin to prepare and think about what, what God would have for me to say, I do what most preachers do around Mother's Day. I begin studying what the Bible says about moms. I begin looking at ladies in the Bible that, uh, that were moms. And I try to uh, see and try to sense and be sensitive of the Spirit of God to see if the Lord leads me in a particular way uh, for the Sunday. And it seems like just about every year as I'm doing that preparation work, that whether I preach on, uh, when I, whether I preach on, or her, on her or not, uh, Mary always comes to the forefront of my mind. I've probably got three, uh, three outlines just sitting at the house. I've, I've never preached on Mary just because every time I come to her, especially on Mother's Day, uh, just the idea of who she is. And this is the woman that God chose in His sovereign will uh, to be the lady that would conceive, carry, give birth to, and raise the Son of God. There's always a truth that's absolutely mind-boggling to me as I study the Word of God. And I began just this, this time, just as any other year, and Mary came to my mind, and I believe the Lord began to speak to me about Mary. And so I want to share some things with you this morning that the Lord gave me as I began to think about Mary. You consider this this morning just by way of introduction. Do you realize that, and I don't know how they come across with these statistics, but they say they're reliable somehow, some way. Do you realize that most people who study the, uh, the populace of the world, the world population, would say that in the time in which Jesus was born, around the year 3, uh, 3 B.C., uh, that there was somewhere around 100 
270 million people on the earth. Now, that is, that is uh, less than what is in the United States of America today. But they say, now, and again, I don't know who they are, and I don't know how they get those numbers, but people smarter than us claim that there was 170 million people on the earth in around the year 3 B.C., and that we have been multiplying in great numbers ever since then, and has filled the earth to where it's about 8 or 9 billion people today. But you think about this, if that is true, that there was 170 million people upon the earth. Obviously uh, a group of that has to be men of course and we know that because all the men that's listed in our Bibles here. Uh, Joseph was around uh, and, and Zacharias was around. There is a group of men but you think about it even if there are millions of men on the earth in this day that means also that there were millions of women in the world on the earth in this day. Millions of ladies who could have been the mother of the Lord Jesus in terms of a physical sense. Now we understand they had to be uh, had to be a Jewish lady, so that brings it down uh, significantly from the Gentile nations of the world. But you think about this: that there were thousands, if not millions, of ladies that the Lord passed up when He was choosing who would be the mother of His Son, and He chose this lady. Out of the millions in the world, there were things that God set his sights on in her that he said was important for, for him uh, to have in the woman that would be the mother of his son. So this morning, I want us to think about that thought about God choosing Mary over all of these other women when it came to who would be the mother of his son. And I want to preach on this thought this morning, what God is looking for in a mother. Now let me say this, I realize that that subject is one that is so immense that I can make no claims of being able to exhaust it this morning. That I can make no claims of being able to deal with it in its entirety because I don't know if all of the preachers in this room uh, took an opportunity to have a month's worth of services if we'd ever get down uh, to the bottom of it all. So this morning I want to just take this one text and tell you some things that I believe we see in this text that tells us what God was looking for in a mother. And I want us to see what God saw in Mary before He made her a mother that made her the kind of mother that, that He wanted to be raising His son. <clears throat> and I want to encourage all of our mothers here today to ask themselves if these qualities are present in their lives so that they can be the mother that God would have for them to be. Number one, let me say this, I believe that God is looking for a pure woman to be a mother. Notice what the Bible says in verse 26. The Bible says that in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Now let me say this before I go any further. This is the only time in human history to where God's going to be able to look for a virgin and make that, that virgin stay that way and she become a mother. I'm not telling you that God is looking for virgins to be mothers. Okay? 
This is a one-time event. This is a supernatural event. This is an event that God is initiating to fulfill the purpose of the plan of salvation in bringing His Son that was uh, that was existent before time began uh, with the Father in heaven and putting the eternal God that is the person of God the Son and manifesting Him in a human form. It took the vehicle of a mother's womb in order to do that and he had to have a mother's womb that was a virgin womb and it had to be a it had to be a virgin womb to where the Holy Ghost could overshadow her and that they could have a human bloodline they could have a human existence through the line of the mother but not have the sin nature from the line of the father there's a very this is a specific event that's taking place here however I do believe that we should not miss out on the fact that when it comes to the kind of mom that, uh, that, that God was looking for for his son, it was not, <coughs> he was not just simply <coughs> considering the purity of her behavior in this moment, but I believe we also see that he is coming to one that has a pureness of character. We see the pureness in her character in verse 26. The Bible says that it was to a virgin. While many Bible versions want to simply say that this word virgin means a young woman or an unmarried woman, I believe that a diligent study of the Word of God makes it clear and even using the same uh, the same sources that they say oh well it can't mean virgin and it's got to mean this. I believe that a diligent study of God's Word will let us know that when God said that she was a virgin, that was exactly what God meant to say right. when He pinned down His Word. Yes. Mary was a woman of moral pureness. She was a woman of great chastity. Before we ever come to Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 28 and she begins her experience with the angel Gabriel and he brings her the message that he brings her about what God is about to do in her life. Verse 27 clearly says that God dispatched Gabriel to bring this news to a virgin, to a woman that he is giving before he ever tells us her name. He tells us of her pureness. Before he ever gives us her name, he tells us of her character. Can I say this, that we are living in a world to where that, that word is becoming a word, that word virgin is becoming a word uh, that is looked at in a negative sense? Our young girls are going to be going to schools where they'll be, at some point in time in their life, they'll be mocked for having that moniker attached to them. Our young girls will go to school to where they'll be ashamed to admit that that is what they are. However, in heaven, let me, you listen to me, young ladies, for just a moment. In heaven, there is a very real God that smiles upon that, and He will smile upon that every single day of your life until you get married and give yourself to your husband. God is pleased with that, and if God be for us, who can be against us? If God's pleased with my life and your life, then why does it matter who else it bothers? God is looking for people of character.
God is looking for people with a holy lifestyle, with a devotion to holiness. What the, the, that this was the part that he was looking for, that she was a woman of great character. That was who he wanted to be the mother of his son. He wanted there to be something already in her that was producing the way that she currently was when he sent his angel to bring the message that would still continue in character way beyond the time of his birth. You see, we understand this. We understand this truth. I've said it now already, but she was the only person to ever come to be a mother while she was still a virgin. And no woman here can have the ability to duplicate that. So that is not my lesson. But my lesson this morning is in the idea of being a woman that is of great pureness and puts value on being a pure, godly lady in your life. I believe that God wants ladies to begin their journey to motherhood physically pure. And I believe that God wants these, wants every lady in here that is a mom to raise their children and continue to raise their children in a way that embodies this great virtue of the Christian life. If you read and study your Bible, you will understand that God in his person is a God that is pure and holy and that's what he wants for his children. And I'm telling you this evening, if I, when I th or this morning, when I think of a godly mother, I cannot help but think of a woman of purity, of godly character, a woman that has pure love, a woman that has pure devotion, a woman that has a pure concern for their children and for uh, their husband and for the things of God, that they're pure in their actions, that they're pure in their attitudes, that they're pure in their intentions, that they're self-serving and they're giving in nature and that they are not afraid to pass along this Christian virtue to the generation of children, the generation of people that will come behind them. For Mary to be a virgin in our text, it means that when it came to morality, she was living strictly within the bounds of God's law. She's not stepping out of this particular law of God. She had consecrated herself to live a life of purity, knowing that that is what God wanted for her. And you listen to me this morning. The fact that she is what she is when we come to the text means that not only does she realize that's what God wants for her, but it means that's what God wants, that, that she understands that is what she wants for herself. Do you catch the you, do you catch the, the 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 immensity of that statement when it comes to the way we ought to apply that in our lives? When God wants something for us, we ought to want it for ourselves. The reason why there, there are, are young people today, and, and really this can even apply to older ones in churches all across America, the reason why we live in ways that are impure and ungodly, and we come into church time and time again, uh, and we, we know the truth, and we know what's right, and we know what God says, and we've heard the preachers preach, and the teachers teach, and we don't, we don't live the life of purity that we should, is because we know what God wants for us, but the problem is we don't want it for ourselves. 
So we need to make sure we want what we, what we want what God wants. Mary wanted for herself what God wanted for her. And so she lived that way. We're living in a day where, where many try to make impurity attractive to our young people. We're living in a day where social media is trying harder than ever to get women, especially young women, to compromise their purity by being sensual and exposing their bodies for likes, for friends, and for followers. Mary was a lady that although we understand that the way the wickedness in the world, there was pressures of her day as well, while different than the pressures of our day, she still had the same pressures of her in her day, but she let her consecration to God and to what's right and to the law of God to, so, to supersede any temptation and any pressure that may be out there. There are many ladies that come to the blessed position of motherhood in an impure way. Can I say this? If that's you this morning, if that event, if that has ever happened in your life, don't think that don't think that the preacher is coming down on you. Amen. You listen to me this morning. If that is not in your past, just make it part of your present. That's the kind of mom, that's the kind of lady, really that's the kind of Christian that God is looking for. Amen. When God forgives you of sin, when you ask God to forgive you, that's in the past. And if God's forgiven you, amen, you go forward and you put in your life what you wish was in your past. Put in your present what you wish was in your past. And God can use you today. God can give you a fresh start today. Lamentation said His mercies are renewed every morning. You can claim that promise today. I'm telling you this morning, I'm so I'm so bothered by the fact that uh, that we are living in a generation where, because of social media and our this social media generation, that it seems like our children are losing their innocence at younger ages than ever before. I submit to you that God never wants any of us to ever lose our purity. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm not just talking about purity physically. I'm not just talking about marital purity. I'm not just talking about virginity. Amen. I believe that even after virginity is gone, there can still be pureness in someone's life. Mary did not stay a virgin her whole life. The Bible said she had sons and daughters other than the Lord Jesus. That means, you say sons and daughters, that plural means she had at least two sons and at least two daughters other than the Lord Jesus. So we know she had at least five children. That wouldn't make her a virgin any longer. She was a virgin in our text, but not when all them other youngins came along. So we understand that while this is only for a moment in Mary's life until her marriage is complete and she goes after the course of, of, uh, of the way that uh, the Bible says it should be done, we understand that the Bible teaches us in Mary, when you study Mary, you still see a woman that is concerned with purity and living right and pleasing the Lord, the same woman that at the marriage of Cana looked at the servants of the feast and pointed Jesus to them and said, whatever he saith unto you do it. Shows me she was still concerned with being pure in the eyes of God, of being obedient to the Lord. So we see pureness in her character. But let me say this, we see pureness in her commitment. Look at verse 27. The Bible says she was a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Mary was a pure young woman who had, uh, who in her purity had made a, commit a commitment to a man named Joseph. This commitment that she made was a marriage commitment, and it was more than just the engagements of our day that are so flimsy that you can call you can call on today and call off tomorrow. This espousal came with a marriage contract. Mary literally can look at can look at Joseph and call him her husband. 
legally in the eyes of Jewish law. She is a wife and he is a husband. Now the Jews did things differently than we did. Back at Christmas time I took a whole message and I walked through uh, this particular uh, part of the Jewish wedding and things like that uh, to preach a message that, I, that the Lord had put on my heart around Christmas time. And I'm not going to re-preach that, but here we find that the marriage contract comes first and where Mary and Joseph are and we come to Luke chapter number 1, they are in the middle part of all the proceedings that would have to take place for their marriage. The wedding ceremony and the consummation of their marriage is still yet to come. There is about, about a 10 to 12 month gap in between the time where the groom would be preparing a bridal chamber and be preparing a home uh, for the bride. That goes right, right along with John chapter number 14 where the Lord said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. We understand that. And here she is. You think about this now. They are legally bound together as husband and wife, although the whole formalities have not been finalized yet in the eyes of Mary. This is her husband. I oftentimes counsel couples that are that are in engagement, and I'll talk to folks about, uh, I'll talk to young couples that are headed toward the marriage altar, and I will encourage them in their purity past the time of engagement. And I'll tell them this, the closer you get to the marriage altar, the more, the more difficult your consecration to purity is going to be because you're that close. Here we find Mary that if she were to be like just the rest of the world would say, okay, they would, that is okay. They would say, well, you've made a commitment and you're just a little while away. So what's the big deal? Here we find a lady that has made a commitment and there's purity in her commitment. She is a spouse. She has signed a marriage contract. She before uh, the eyes of the people. If for them to split up, there would have to be a legal divorce at this point. There's been bridal money has been paid and they are fully committed to each other for life. This shows the path that God has purposed as a way for this woman. And I believe she is a great example for what the way that God wants ladies to come to become mothers. To become to where there is purity and then there is marriage and then there's a, a commitment for life in marriage, and then there's a birth. Mary is a great example, even though the supernatural event in her life removes her from the way that things happen for the rest of us. I will say this, that the lesson in all is, is that she stayed pure until marriage. She got married, and she became a mother after that. What God did for Mary uh, is that He is setting things up for Him to get the most glory. It, God takes for granted in these verses that, the, that anyone in this stage of the marriage process for a Jew would be still considered a virgin that it's just taken for granted that she would be committed to such purity but we realize that's not always the way that it is today. Here we find a great example for us as she stayed pure even though Joseph was legally her husband. Her espousal meant that she was committing herself to Joseph. She was not content with living her life without a man or without a husband. Is that not a mantra in the day that we're living in? Oh, I don't need a man. You may not need one in terms of way to live your life. 
God, God has said and has showed us here in His Word that I believe that God, unless God has revealed something to you for spiritual reasons, I believe that it is a good thing according to the Bible for every man to have a wife and for every, for every lady to have a husband. I believe it is a unity that is honored by God and is pleasing in the eyes of the Lord in the example of the family that God wanted His Son to be raised in. It was with a holy mom that stayed pure until the marriage contract and pure until the wedding day was over. And the Bible says that she was married to Him and she committed herself to a man for life. This is a home that has mom and dad, and children have both in terms of the parents in the home. She was content with that. She was not upset by that. She did not feel abused by that. She didn't feel less than because she had a husband. She was, the, the Bible here says she made a commitment. This is a commitment that according to what I understand about a Jewish wedding, while parents were involved, there was still a choice that she could make to marry him or not. This is something that she wanted. I'm telling you today, it ought to be something that is wanted. Commitment is something that nobody wants to have. But God here said He wanted His Son to be born in what the world calls today a traditional family. That's the way, that's the environment that God wanted His Son to be born in. Why in the world would God expect your children to be any different? This we find a girl that was not ashamed of having a man in her life, was not ashamed of having a husband. She was not ashamed of letting the world know that Joseph was her husband. When she stands on that wedding day, when she made that commitment and she signed those papers, she was identifying herself with him forever. We find it interesting here that the woman who God was giving his son to to be his mother was a woman who believed in marriage, stayed pure until marriage, was committed to stay pure and with her husband until the marriage was final. And then uh, she was obedient to God's law and was not ashamed, not ashamed of being with a man. It wasn't toxic. It was not oppressive as the, world, as the world would have for our ladies to understand today. It is something that while today that we champion motherhood and while we champion the, the glorious thing that God gave us when He gave us uh, the, the ladies that are in the room, when He gave us women in this world. And I'm telling you guys, I'm thankful for all of the, all the, the ladies in the world. I'm thankful for you. I don't look at you as less than in the church. I'm glad you're here. I think that you all have things that uh, we need and gifts and talents that are wonderful. Amen. But, I'm, but I am saying this though. While we champion that, I thank God for the family unit. Yes, sir. Yes. One of the things that I love about my wife is, I've said this before, is her pureness. One of the things that attracted me to her when we first got together as a couple was the purity of her life. She didn't come with a bunch of baggage. She didn't come with a bunch of scars of a sin-filled past. Now, if you have that, I'm not throwing down on you. I'm just saying I thank God that God did that for her. One of the things that's attractive to me about my wife today is that she still has a pureness about her. There's a godly pureness that every day that I'm thankful for in the spouse that God gave me.
my question this morning is, how is your pureness of heart and of action, of deed, of consecration to the Lord? God is looking for a pure woman to be a mother to His child. And God is looking for that in all mothers, I believe. More than just physical, God wants, uh, wants ladies to embrace and embody what it means to be pure and to teach it to another generation of young women and another generation of children because the world that we're living in today is not going to teach them that. So you've got to do it. God wants a, a mom to be a, to be a pure woman. Number two, God wants a woman to be a pious woman. And what I mean by that is a holy and deeply devoted woman to her relationship with God. Here we find that Mary was someone that her pureness can be seen as rooted in her relationship with God. Notice some things here about her relationship with the Lord and how she was devoted in her relationship with the Lord. First of all, we see her pious life in her house. Notice with me verse number 27. The Bible says to a virgin, a spouse, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The house of David, meaning the children of Israel, meaning the people of God. The Bible said that God was looking for a, a for a young lady to be the mother of his uh, to be the mother of his son, who was in a relationship with a man that was a part of the people of God. He was not looking for a woman that was interested in marrying a lost man. She was not interested in uh, forming a home that where the woman was in love with God and the husband was a heathen. God wanted his son to be in a home where both mom and dad loved God and were completely devoted to him. If Mary was not completely devoted to the Lord, then why in the, what would have caused her to willingly submit to what this angel is saying? And in the end of our text, say, be it unto me. To just, to just not put up any fight, to just accept what God had for life. That's someone that's devoted to the Lord. You think about Joseph. For him to find out that his, that his espoused wife is pregnant with a child that he knows is not his. But when God says... Even with everything that's going to come along, with her being, her being pregnant, you stay with her. You finish the marriage anyway, although you know she is going to begin to show. And people are going to know that you haven't been married that long. And people are going to know that this can't be yours. And they're going to say that Jesus is born of fornication. And they're going to call your wife all kinds of names. They're going to assume that she is an adulterer and that she is in or an adulteress and that she had an affair and she ran around on you, Joseph. You stick by her anyway. And when it came down from God, Joseph said, I'll do that because you want me to. I'll bear the reproach alongside of her. It takes two people that are deeply devoted to God. And here we find her house says that she was looking for a man who was, she was drawn to a man who had a love for God like she had. You ladies, listen, and I know our moms are married, but while I'm, while I'm preaching some things that in a way apply to them, let me preach to you for just a minute. You ought not to be attracted to the things of the world. 
You ought not to be looking for the guy that's the baddest or the coolest. You ought to be drawn to someone that loves God. Someone, someone that according to this, uh, according to uh, the example of Mary, believed like she did. Because Luke, the Luke and Matthew says that they both were from the house of David. Mary is given one genealogy as being associated with David. Joseph is another genealogy of being in the line, being in the line of David. They're both uh, of the house of David. And so we understand that that leads us to believe that they believe the same. God is not interested in you and trying to win somebody over to what you believe. God's interested in you believing what you believe and running as far uh, toward God as you can, as fast as you can. Amen. And as I tell our young people, whoever catches up with you and is alongside of you when you're pursuing Jesus with everything you've got that very well could be the one that God is directing your life for. Yep. She was, we see it in her house. She wasn't looking for one who had the most money. Joseph was a carpenter, a laborer. She wasn't looking for the one that was the most attractive. Nothing is said about his looks and we know throughout the Bible God has no problem with telling us how people looked. We see it in her house. Number two, we see it in her being a handmaiden. Verse number 38, she says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Verse number 48, she says that God has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. This phrase of being a handmaid of the Lord means that she is saying to God that she is his servant. That she is completely devoted to him and to do anything and everything that he asked her to do. <laughs> it means that it was not in her vocabulary to tell God no with what he wanted to do in her life. This was truly a woman, a person who loves the Lord. We find out that the Bible says in John 14, 15, that if you love me, keep my commandments here. We find that she was someone that was willing to say yes to what God wanted for her life. And so, Mama, I ask you today. How's your relationship with the Lord? How is your relationship in terms of your devotion to the Lord? Is God the center of every relationship that you have with people in life? Are your friends in love with God? Are, your, are, your, uh, are the people you let close to you pursuing God like you are? Do you need to pursue the Lord better? Are you keeping His commandments? What is your level of devotion to Him? God's looking for a mom with pureness. God is looking for a mom with piety. God is looking for a mom that is a perceptive woman. Look at verse 28. The Bible says this, The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw Him, she was troubled at His saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The Bible here is telling us about the encounter that Mary had with Gabriel, the visit that she had with Gabriel. The, the angel of the Lord is sent from God, or the angel Gabriel rather, is sent from God and is sent to her. And based on the wording of the text, it sounds like when he arrives, he's immediately speaking. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that would bother me. My wife likes to pick on me for being jumpy. She tells me all the time how jumpy I am. She showed me a video this week of a pastor that was doing an invitation at a church. Maybe some of y'all seen it. There's a video she showed me of a pastor doing an invitation at the church, and he's standing here in front of the communion table with his eyes closed and his hands folded, and he is giving an invitation for people to come forward for prayer. And a little old white-haired lady comes up to him, obviously coming for prayer, and as soon as she approaches him, the video shows the pastor going... 
before he prays with her. She, Brother Stacy, you won't believe my little wife back there, but she said, she said, that's you. I might, I might have a reputation of being jumpy. I don't think I'm as jumpy as she says I am. But I'd say this, if that happened to me, I'd probably be a little jumpy. I don't know what Mary was doing. I don't know whether she was washing dishes. I don't know whether she was folding clothes. I don't know whether she was praying. I don't know whether she was napping. I don't know what she was doing. But the Bible says that the angel comes to her, and the Bible doesn't say that, you know, he let her get comfortable with him being there, just said he, he came and said. Seems like he just, walked, he just waltzed in and just started immediately talking to her. And here we find Mary, if you notice, the, the Bible does not give any indication of that bothering her. The Bible does say in verse 29 that she was troubled, but the Bible does not say she was troubled at his presence. The Bible said that she was troubled at his saying. What is bothering Mary is not that he's there, but it's what he's saying. He said this, hail. In other words, uh, he's, telling, he's giving a, a word of, of kindness, a word of honor to her. Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And you know, in Jewish society, it was understood that if an angel, they would, by them, it was, it was just understood in their minds, even though it's not completely scripturally true. They always viewed in Jewish society a visit for an angel, a visit for judgment. They thought when God sent an angel that he was given a negative word. Maybe a word like, uh, like to Hezekiah or, or something like that where there's judgment involved. But here we don't find Mary wondering any of those things. See, what we find her, she's, she's, she is concerned, she's troubled at his saying. But I believe the concern is just simply this. I understand that this message is from God, and I believe this all in my heart, I believe this is her attitude, that she knew the message was from God, and she knew the messenger was from God, but she had no idea how she fit in God's plan. Why is the angel here? Why is the angel saying these things to me? Yes, they're kind. Yes, they're wonderful. Yes, I'm thankful for them. But what does God have on the agenda for me? Can I say this? This shows us that she is a perceptive woman. That she is a woman that I, that I see perception in the fact that the angel comes and she's not bothered by the angel's presence. She, I believe the fact that she, uh, the Bible says she's troubled at his saying, it lets us know that she knows all of this is coming from God. And the Bible says she cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. This manner of greeting, this manner of kind words. That she's tossing it around in her mind saying, I wonder why I'm receiving this, these statements. She understood when God was doing a work in her presence. I would submit to you today that the kind of mom that God is looking for is a woman that has some perception.
A woman that knows when God's on the move and when God is interfering in her life and when God is speaking to her and a woman to where there's some leadership of the Holy Ghost and there's discernment knowing when God is moving and God is speaking. She thought about it and, and she's, she's contemplating what God wants for her. And I wonder, do you know what God wants for your life? Do you know when God's speaking to you? Has there ever been a day in your life where you've said, I know God is directing my steps in this direction? If this something as important as motherhood should be something that is done with just more than logic, just more than common sense, but it's something just as fatherhood, just as anything in the Christian life, if you are more than anybody else shaping and molding the next generation of human beings, don't you think that you ought to be making sure what you do is in step with God's leadership for your life? I believe the mother he was looking for was a pure woman, was a pious woman, was a perceptive woman. I'd say this, she was a preferred woman. Verse 28 says she was highly favored. I believe that shows that God was pleased with her, that God is putting honor upon her. God is bestowing a grace upon her. Verse 30 said that she was found favor with God. It suggests, in my opinion, that Mary was looking for favor with God. That's why she found it. She wanted God to be pleased with her life. She wanted God to smile on her existence. She wanted to be doing what pleased the Lord. The Bible said in verse 28 that the angel said this to Mary, Blessed art thou among women. And all of these things is talking about the special grace that God has given to her to be the one that would bear the Christ child. But at the same time, don't you want to be a lady that pleases the Lord? God was so pleased with her that he chose her to be the mom of Christ. I want God to be pleased with my life. As you shape the next generation of human beings, I would hope that you would want for God to smile upon your life and to be pleased with your life. We see her as a woman that is preferred by God because of God's pleasure in her life, because of God's presence with her. Verse 28, he said, the Lord is with thee. Is the Lord with you? Do you know what it is to be in the, to, to know what it is to get in the presence of the Lord? That's the kind of mother God's looking for. God's looking for a woman. Think about this. Look at verse 31. I don't have time to preach this away that I'd like to. But look not only at God's being pleased with her and God's presence with her, but look at God's posterity through her, verse 31. God is so pleased with her. This is the kind of child that he's going to give her. The Bible says she'll bring forth a son and call his name Jesus, verse 31. The Bible says this about him, he shall be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest. This, this phrase, the son of the highest, the Jews would recognize anything that was called the son of as being equal to. This angel saying not only is he going to be the posterity of God, the, the almighty God, but he is going to be equal with God the Father. That's the kind of son you'll have. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. There is both present and prophetic truth in those statements. That he is going to be great from the moment of his birth. But he's never going to cease being great and doing great things. God is so pleased with Mary that he's given her that kind of child, the Christ child. 
The Bible says here that Mary was a pure woman, a pious woman, a perceptive woman, a preferred woman. But can I say this as well quickly? Verse 38, she was a predisposed woman. Look at verse 38. The Bible says, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Do you know what the name Mary means? And Miss Maria, I hate that today is the sermon that you showed up, but it's also the same. It's a derivative of the name Maria. Do you know what that means? It means rebellious. Sorry. <laughs> Mary's name means rebellious. But what we find her doing in verse 38 is anything but rebellious. She said, be it unto me. According to thy word, according to thy word, that she wanted God to do what pleased him in her life. I believe that no doubt we see Mary being a child of God. God took the name of rebellious and made it made it in her name only and not in her actions. That is a testimony to what salvation can do in a person's life. She was confused about how God would cause her to give birth. She was confused by the natural process, but the angel gave the answer from God and in a nutshell, the angel said this. She said, how can this be? And the angel said, the Holy Ghost. Amen. And Mary didn't ask any further questions. There was no follow-up. She said, all righty then. I don't know how this is going to happen physically, but when the Holy Ghost gets in and that's God's answer, I'm okay with it. Be it unto me according to thy word. Mary was a woman that was predisposed. She had an attitude and in her heart she was predisposed. God, whatever you tell me, I'm going to say yes to. How many of us, and I include the moms in that obviously with the message this morning, but how many of us are predisposed to obedience to God? God, it doesn't matter what you tell me. The answer is already yes. In my heart, I've got, a, I've got a yes ready for you. Let me know what you want. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. It's already predecided, predisposed in my heart and life. The answer to you, God, is yes. If we're, going to raise, if we're going to have children that are raised to be godly young ladies and godly young men, it's going to take some moms and dads both that will be predisposed to saying yes to the Lord. God, I am at your mercy. God, I am your servant. I am your handmaid. Notice what she says here in verse 38. She says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. In other words, she's saying, Here I am, Lord. Behold me. Here I am in your presence. She says, Behold me. But then she says, be it unto me. She tells the Lord, here I am. And then she tells the Lord, do with me what you want to do. I believe that we can see here that what Mary is doing is she is trusting her everything into the hands of God. In this moment, she's trusting her marriage in the hands of God. Because if God, do, if God does to her what, she, what is being said that is going to happen, Mary knows in this moment Joseph could leave. She is trusting her child in his hands because this child, just as any other children, would have an uncertain future and would have to the rest of his life bear the reproach of having her as a mom. Jesus throughout the Gospels was called a child of fornication because the world that this happened in did not understand it. 
She gave her marriage to God. She gave her, gave her child to God. She gave her future to God. Her future with her family that may write her off. Her future with her friends that may not come around. Her future with her community that may put a scarlet letter on her and say, no, you're not welcome here anymore. She's trusting a reputation in the hands of God. Can I say this as well? She's trusting her very life in the hands of God. This looks like adultery in the Jewish world. Adultery was punishable by stoning. Mary realized by saying, be it unto me, according to thy word, she may not live very much longer after she is discovered. So if God is looking for, when God looked for a woman, he looked for a woman like Mary. The last thing I'll give this morning is God is looking for a praising woman. A woman that's willing to praise the Lord. A woman that Bible says in verse 46 through 55 that she is here. She is giving a, giving a, uh, giving a praise to the Lord that is called the Magnificent in Bible believing circles. And all she's doing is bragging on God for seeing fit to let her be a mama. For seeing fit of saving her soul, for seeing fit to have a relationship with her, for in her life showing himself to be a God that's filled with grace and filled with mercy, that even though she is undeserving, God has given such beautiful favor upon her life, such beautiful grace upon her life, and letting her live the life that she has. I don't know about any of you. There's much more I can say on this, but I don't know, I don't, I don't know about any of you. But have you ever just thought about the life that God has given you and look back on the life that God has given you and just simply say, I don't understand what I've done to live this beautiful life that God has given me. I look at my home and I don't understand why God gave me the beautiful wife that I have to be the mother of my children. I don't know why God's given me the three most beautiful children to ever walk the face of the earth as mine. I don't understand that. I don't, why God, I don't understand why God lets me pastor in this place and be a preacher of the Word of God to know what the truth is, much less preach it to others. God's given me a wonderful life filled with blessings and favor that I don't deserve. And I'll say this, I don't, I don't know about you guys, I look and I'm just, I marvel at that. But what it does in my heart is it, say, it makes me want to serve God greater and better. It wants, makes me want to be more faithful to Him and please Him with my life. So this morning, if you're a mom, that's the kind of mom God's looking for, a mom like Mary. That's the kind of individual that God wanted to be the mother of His child, to be the one that would raise Him, to have the character and the, and the, and the relationship with God that would raise her son the way that He would have for him to be raised. But there's something in this message beyond just moms. There's something in it for each and every one of us. That is what God wants in all of His children. Amen. Apply the truth to your heart and life today. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for allowing me. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. Jesus can help.